Hi, this is Julia Golding. Are you looking for a way to find a gentle beginning to your life as a fantasy writer? Or maybe you're just wanting to brush up your existing skills, but you don't have time to come to a class. Well, we've devised for you the perfect beginner's course. You can find it on our website. The course is full of exciting chapters for you to take at your own pace starting with packing your bag and setting out on an adventure. And over the course of the lessons, you'll learn to find a hero, gather allies and get under your belt all the basic skills you'll need to write yourself your fantasy story. So why not have a look at this today and see if it suits you? And I look forward to meeting you in our chat room, which comes along with the course. So what are you waiting for? Time to pack your bag and get writing. My name is uh, Colin Durier. Well, it all started when I was um, in grammar school. We, we, in one of the classes, we were reading around um, C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. I'd never heard of C.S. Lewis, and I, I was gripped by his style. I wanted to read all his books, and, um, and it was through him that I came across the name Tolkien. And uh, that interested me because I've got a French surname and I thought, ah, he's somebody with a Germanic um, surname, that's that's interesting. And then, of course, The Hobbit appeared and I read that. And and then I went off to Istanbul for two years, um, the University of Istanbul. And it's there that I read The um, Lord of the Rings, borrowed the books from the British Council Library. And... um, and that's where it all started. And I started writing um, articles, uh, an article on Tolkien, and which I called Leonardo Tolkien and Mr. Baggins. And I'd given it as a talk, and um, the, uh, I did as kind of an essay from, as part of my course at the university. And then I, um, it was sent. I met a, somebody who um, who was from an American university, and um, he was just there for a year. Um, a, a, tra- you know, a transfer of the two and um, he sent it off he said could I send it off to Clyde Kilby at um, in Wheaton College who was who had met Tolkien had spent a summer with him actually to help him w- when he was working on um, on his on his um, this, the Silmarillion and that and um, and Clyde Kilby asked if he could send it on to California because there was lots of interest in Tolkien there. You know, it was kind of hippie era. And the, it appeared in a, um, a fanzine, basically, about Tolkien, which was a very interesting one. And, um, and that was my first big um, article on, on Tolkien. And that's where it all started. And, and then since then, I've written quite a few books on Tolkien and his friend, C.S. Lewis and... Um, and, and um, uh, I've also veered towards Harry Potter and um, others, but I just like, you know, very much like fantasy writing, and uh, um, and that was something that uh, drew me in. And um, and one of the earliest books I wrote was on the friendship between Tolkien and Lewis, which interest, interested me greatly. And Tolkien, um, uh, after the First World War, um, he uh, he came back to Oxford. And um, he worked for a while on the, uh, the the big English dictionary. I think it was called the English Dictionary. That I can't remember the exact name that it had. But he was given work on the W section of it. 
and um, which I think he enjoyed very much and was very much akin to his uh, his knowledge of philology and uh, and and the history of words. It was very much his delight to do that. And after that, he he got a job as a professor at Leeds University, where he very much enjoyed teaching the students and uh, and. Um, um, and after a while, he then got a professorship in Anglo-Saxon here in Oxford uh, to Pembroke College. And um, it was a year after that that he met C.S. Lewis, who had not long uh, after Tolkien had started as a, a don at um, Magdalen College, teaching him English. And uh, he also taught some philosophy and uh, other subjects. But English was his, his uh, um, was was his, his great love, especially going back to medieval literature. And um, he also was very knowledgeable through his study on classics. And uh, he was very wide, wide, wide read. And um, but they met at an English tea, as it was called, here in Merton College. Um, to talk about, the, you know, teaching English at the university, presumably. And uh, so that's where Lewis started t chatting with with, with uh, Tolkien. And um, afterwards, he, he, he quite liked him and he thought he, just, he was okay, but he needed a kind of a slap or so, and then he would be all right. <laughs> yes, they had an interesting way of uh, interacting with each other, didn't they? <laughs> Hi, this is Julia Golding. Are you looking for a way to... Find a gentle beginning to your life as a fantasy writer. Or maybe you're just wanting to brush up your existing skills, but you don't have time to come to a class. Well, we've devised for you the perfect beginner's course. You can find it on our website. The course is full of exciting chapters for you to take at your own pace, starting with packing your bag and setting out on an adventure. And over the course of the lessons, you'll learn to find a hero, gather allies and get under your belt all the basic skills you'll need to write yourself your fantasy story. So why not have a look at this today and see if it suits you? And I look forward to meeting you in our chat room, which comes along with the course. So what are you waiting for? Time to pack your bag and get writing. Right. So yeah. how did the Inklings come about? What was the origin of that group? Well, it, uh, it grew over a, a period. It, um, it eventually started off from, from uh, um, friends that knew each other. Some of them were um, um, friends that, uh, that Lewis had made as an undergraduate. And um, there came a point when there was a group of students that started a group called the Inklings. One of them was um, the brother of um, a famous filmmaker. Um, and But anyway, they, um, they were... Um, and it was a very mixed group of people. It wasn't, they weren't all just um, Oxford dons or, or professors and so on. They were a mix and, and they weren't all teaching the same subject. They weren't all, say, teaching English literature, but various subjects. And one, for example, one of the early members of the group was um, C.S. Lewis's GP, which was Dr. Humphrey Havard. Well, the Humphrey was um, a nickname from one of the other Inklings, which happened a lot. They liked to play around with words all the time. That was part of it. They loved talking. And the, another idea behind it was um, a lot of them were, were writing, starting to write. I mean, Owen Barr, for, for example, had written a number of things, uh, very important books. And... Um, 
uh, the uh, <clears throat> also there was a lot of conversation about what people were writing that they would give feedback to it rather like a writers club that we have in this country and other places which are very helpful i know when i when i was lived in leicester i went to a, an excellent writers club and i learned a lot from it because I was writing in a variety of kind of books and um, I would get feedback and I can understand why the Inklings was so attractive to 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 young scholars or, you know, uh, people that were um, entering into the academic world or into a teaching world or whatever and um, would, would gain a lot from it. So it wasn't until about 1933 that the, the Inklings were given that name. Well, actually, the name was never printed anywhere, but that seems to be when the name started anyway. Um, and um, so it grew out of friendship. And Lewis was very, um, and, and it was very much around C.S. Lewis. There's a rather amusing letter that, um, that Charles Williams, during the wartime when he had to come to Oxford, you know, as an evacuee in a sense, working for Oxford University Press, and he would write uh, quite a lot of letters to Dorothy L. Sayers, who was a friend of hers. And um, Lewis said that she, she knew, knew nothing about the Inklings. But in one of the letters, um, uh, uh, the um, uh, Williams talked about uh, the the group being like a, a court, a court of the king, and the king, of course, was C.S. Lewis, and it was quite amusing to have the, have the Inklings described in that way. And there's lots of different ways that you can describe them, but the fact is that they were real human beings. They were interacting as friends, and they. Um, and there, there was one or two bumps, bumps in it. For example, um, Hugo Dyson, who was um, one of the important members of the group, um, he rather disliked the Lord of the Rings. And Tolkien was reading and re reading um, many, many chapters from the um, Lord of the Rings as it was being written. And, and Dyson didn't like it at all. And he, he had a veto to stop people just talking about elves and fairies and things like that. And um, um, it, it was uh, um, it was quite funny. Well, on one occasion, um, Dyson was late arriving, which was quite something that happened quite a lot. And they got down to listening to Tolkien reading another chapter and, you know, a very important section where, you know, everybody was following it. And, and Dyson burst into Lewis's rooms uh, um, and um, immediately the veto came into, well, the st they stopped li listening to, Tolkien had to stop. <laughs> and and then, they, then they got on with, uh, so they were a very, um, I mean, they were a very interesting group of people. And uh, um, there came a time when it, they stopped reading and they continued um, discussion groups in, in pubs. So um, it became more of a conversational group after that although there was lots of conversation at the time when the reading was done by various people as well in you know centered around what had been read and the um, conversational side of the group is just as important as the reading in my, in my view anyway um having um having researched uh, as much as i could um so what do you think the inklings meant to tolkien do you think he would have written his works without it 
I think they were very important to him. I think to, to have a, a, um, a listenership to what he was writing, because he knew he was going into ground that was. Um, I mean, he he knew that in the medieval period people would would, would have fantasy and uh, and supernatural beings and so on. But it was a very different world that he was in, and um, and to have a group of people that listened to him and responded to it, and uh, and at the time when his book came out, to uh, his friend um, C.S. Lewis. Uh, wrote uh, wrote some blurb about it, and and Tolkien actually was a bit worried in case. Um, no, I think Lewis was a bit worried because he thought that maybe some people who didn't like him it might have a bad effect on the to Tolkien's book. But um, the... so, um, if there was one thing by Tolkien that everyone should read, um, what do you think? Where would you start? What what age are you referring to? <laughs> An adult. Adults. Uh, the, I think they should start reading The Hobbit. It, uh... <laughs> it's quite a good, I say, it's a bit contentious, is it? Do you start with Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? Because The Hobbit, being a children's book, can put people off. Yeah, it's, it is. A, uh, that's the first book of Tolkien I read. As soon as I got hooked via Lewis, um, I, I saw The Hobbit in the W.H. Smiths and bought it. And I was when I was travelling to um, Istanbul, I was reading it on the journey. And I just um, fell in love with it, and then I found that the the Lord it led to the Lord of the Rings, and that was the next step. So, in um, in terms of starting, it's a difficult question, but the fact is that um, the the films by Peter Jackson have encouraged many people to to read. I think the the sales of the Lord of the Rings have gone up and uh, quite a bit since those films came out. I mean, some people didn't like the films, you know. I remember when I was walking through a street in Leicester, I belonged to a small Tolkien group then, and uh, and one of the people there, he was almost in tears, he'd just seen the film, and he said, wasn't it so horrible? And I said, well, I really liked it. I thought, you know, films are very different, a medium to to, to writing books. And, uh, and I said that uh, Peter Jackson had done a very good job. And uh, so probably, um, that would be a good place for people to start, Lord of the Rings. Thanks for listening to Mythmakers Podcast, brought to you by the Oxford Centre for Fantasy. Visit OxfordCentreForFantasy.org to join in the fun. Find out about our online courses, in-person stays in Oxford, plus visit our shop for great gifts. Tell a friend and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts worldwide. Hi, this is Julia Golding. Are you looking for a way to find a gentle beginning to your life as a fantasy writer? Or maybe you're just wanting to brush up your existing skills, but you don't have time to come to a class. Well, we've devised for you the perfect beginner's course. You can find it on our website. The course is full of exciting chapters for you to take at your own pace, starting with packing your bag and setting out on an adventure. And over the course of the lessons, you'll learn to find a hero, gather allies and get under your belt all the basic skills you'll need to write yourself your fantasy story. So why not have a look at this today and see if it suits you? And I look forward to meeting you in our chat room, which comes along with the course. So what are you waiting for? Time to pack your bag and get writing.